1: Good morning. You're listening to Saturday Magazine with myself, Joe Ball, co hosting with the anchor, the forever anchor of Saturday Magazine, um, Macca. And we have another guest coming up. We do. And uh, Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg is joining us on the phone. Uh,
2: good morning, Andrew. How are you?
0: G'day, guys. How's it going?
2: Look, pretty good. I, um, I read with. Uh, we're all following uh, the discussion, the debate about The Voice, and I read uh, with interest that, uh, and I don't know if you've released it yet, Andrew, a position paper giving five reasons The Voice is right. And you've said, look, this isn't a Labor project, it's an Australian project, and it's our best shot at reconciliation. So have you actually released the position paper as yet?
0: Yes, I have, and I've long been of the view that... uh, If The Voice is going to be successful at this year's referendum, uh, it will be essential for there to be a large group of Liberal national voters voting yes. And I'm wanting to push the referendum in that direction, but I think we need to address some of the outstanding concerns people have about the detail and some of the legal risks which haven't been addressed to date.
2: Can I sorry? Can I just ask? So the legal risk. Can you explain to us what the uh, first off what the legal risk is? I know Joe's got some questions, but what do you see as the yeah. le- the legal risk, Andrew?
0: Well, the main risk is that there could be a enlarged role for the High Court if the voice is not designed in the in a way that uh, it it should be, in my view. Um, and that really goes to whether or not the decisions of Parliament or the decisions of the executive, such as ministers, uh, could be second-guessed by the High Court. I mean, we don't want to have a US-style system here. No. We want to have a system where Parliament is accountable to the people. And you can um, either you know, rehire the government or you can sack the government. Uh, and therefore, you can go in a different direction. So I think that's a very important principle.
2: So, so sorry. This is in the legislation for the voice, as opposed to the referendum. Um, so it's a separate. It's a separate issue. It's about how that legislation is framed, and you know, obviously, you know whether the parliament supports it or not. Is that correct?
0: Well, it's more about the amendment itself to the okay. constitution. So there's this is issue uh, called justiceability, which is whether or not the decisions of parliament or the decisions of the executive could be second guessed by the high court and uh, there are, there are there are various legal opinions on this and i'm not saying that it's definitively a major problem but we want to have a proper review by the parliament of the various constitutional amendments um and i think <clears throat> I'm hoping what the PM has announced this week will actually give rise to this process because we have to make sure it's a safe change. I mean, I'm a big supporter of the voice being in the Constitution, but I want it to be a safe change for our system of government and I want to be able to recommend a yes vote with full confidence that it won't give us a US-style system where the High Court reigns supreme. For those
1: listening at home, we are talking to New South Wales Senator Andrew Bragg, federal New South Wales Senator. And for those just to who may not be as familiar uh, with you, Andrew, you are a member of the Liberal Party. And in your maiden speech, uh, going back a bit, but in your maiden speech, you, did, you were a yes for marriage equality. And during the Religious uh, Discrimination Bill discussions, you did want stronger protections for transgender kids. And importantly in the conversation we're having today, you have always been a supporter of implementing the Uluru Statement in full. Is that correct?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's a good idea. And um, I think we have significant issues in our country uh, which could be addressed by giving indigenous communities more, more agency and more control. Over their own communities, and I think that's one important thing that the voice could do.
1: Yeah, and it's it's fair to say, Andrew, you would be a, a moderate within the Liberal Party. So I might even call him a progressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave that to self-identify, Andrew. But um, as we do here, but if if I'm wondering, how do you create go about creating mm. change internally? I mean, people are watching. Um, the debates, if you like, and, and Peter mm-hmm. Dutton's position on it. Um, but then we do have Ken Wyatt, you know, the first Aboriginal you know, in the previous government, the first Aboriginal uh, minister who was Aboriginal himself, and he's he said yeah. the full details are out there. Ken Wyatt said that. I mean, how do you go about creating change within the party?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not so big on these sort of labels, but certainly the Liberal Party is a historically been a broad church and I think it's important that the diversity of views are permitted. I think that's healthy and I think uh, the Liberal Party being a great big tent has actually served Australia very well over over the long run. So people have different views about the voice. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about what the voice is and what it isn't. One of the reasons I released the pamphlet during the week was to hit back at some of the misinformation. Ultimately, though, people make up will make up their own minds. Uh, I uh, have been a long time supporter of the concept of the voice, and I'm hoping that the government can clear the way with these last few issues around the legal risks and around the detail, so that you know more more liberals and conservatives are able to support the voice. I think, I,
1: I think you're. I think absolutely right. People will make up their own mind, but leadership does matter. And what Ken White's, you know, coming out as an Aboriginal man himself, and you know, talking about, you know, <laughs> that that the you know there isn't confusion, um, or, or, or you, there, there is information you can find out there it does matter. Like, and I, I think yeah. you've shown that Andrew and your even uh, around the religious discrimination bill, yeah. like people did notice, did sit up and notice that you were taking. A different track or putting a, you know, the position you did put forward about wanting to support transgender kids, it does matter. People do look, they do mm-hmm. care. Um, how do you think about yourself as, as, a, lead, as a leader in that way or, or of, of these ideas around the voice, around our community, LGBTIQA plus communities? Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's a very important part of our liberal tradition to protect minority groups. And I think it's a mark of a society how it treats minorities. And that's why I've always been very keen to do everything I can to support the LGBTI community, uh, because I think that it has, at times in the past, suffered from uh, being a minority, and it has suffered uh, from that. And uh, that's how I see it. I see it as protection and advancement of minority interests, and the Indigenous issues are... Similar in a way because at only three percent of the population, there's no way that the indigenous community is going to be able to uh, win something like a referendum, which requires a majority own, yeah. of people and a majority of states. Uh, so you need to have people that are prepared to go in and, and, and bat for this minority group, and it is a minority group. Uh, and so that's how I see it philosophically. I mean, we're all we're all Australian, and I think you've got to have a broader view about the community. And community cohesion, but I think, uh, in 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 some ways, uh, the, as I say, the protection of minority groups and how they're treated in society is actually a mark of of how good our country is.
2: I wanted to, uh, I want to. I'm, I'm sure there's some interesting discussions in the, in the party room, Andrew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to ask. Uh, look, I think this is a really, you know, uh, you know. I acknowledge and admire the fact that you you know you're, you're you know you're publicly coming out and supporting this it's not always it's not always easy and it is with some provisors I accept that it's great to have the discussion um and in fact right. next week we have uh, Greg Craven on from the Centre for Independent Studies who's putting a conservative you know he's saying you know a conservative view on the voice and yeah. we had a colleague of his on a week or so ago sorry I um I I for, I've forgot his name, but I wanted to ask you, there's a new numbers dynamic in the Senate now with Lydia Thorpe uh, jumping off the Greens bus and sitting next to Pauline Hanson, which I can't imagine how that's going. But um, so the government previously needed all the Greens votes plus one crossbench, and now they still need all the Greens votes to pass legislation, but two crossbenches. So, you know, as a senator and, you know, your, your good friend and colleague, Dean Smith, and I think is, is Dean, uh, Dean and yourself, you must be looking at that thinking, hmm, how's this going to work? Um, what are your thoughts, first on, on the numbers, and do you have uh, a view on, on Lydia uh, leaving the Greens?
0: Well, it changes the dynamics quite a lot because it means that we as the opposition in the Senate can now band together with all the Mm. crossbenchers except for the Labor Party and the Greens and stop things from happening so we can block block legislation. We can also um, disallow government regulations. Instruments, yeah. And in fact, yeah, so in fact this week on Thursday we had a massive win when we were able to knock off a regulation the government had made so the Labor Party had made a regulation which allowed the super funds to cover up the donations they were making to unions. Um I'll let you work out why that was a priority for them. But I mean that was that was um a big cover up of, of information that superannuation fund members should be able to see. I mean it's a compulsory system. Yeah,
2: it's their so money. Therefore
0: you, it's their money. Yeah, so therefore yeah, so there therefore you think that you let you let let the punters see um where their money's going, particularly if it's being sent off to a union or a bank. Uh, and so we were able to, to stop that. And now we've, we've, we've been able to revert back to the regulation we made uh, under a Liberal government, which requires full transparency. Um, and so that's just one indication already that uh, there's an immediate change in the Senate because uh, we were able to do that only on the second day that Lydia sat as an independent. Now, um, look, I think it just, it makes it's going to make it harder for the government, but it's also going to make the whole system more accountable. Uh, So, I think it's good that governments generally don't control the Senate. Uh, There's been a lot of things that have been stopped, bad things stopped, and uh, more review undertaken because of of the fact that the government doesn't control it. So, look, it just—I think it just is about the accountability in the system, and it gives us more opportunities to hold the government to account.
1: it's interesting you bring that up because, of course, it was the religious discrimination that bill that was stopped in the parliament, not because yeah. there was a mixed parliament but because members of yeah. your own party yeah. uh, crossed the floor. Uh, not yourself, but other people crossed the floor. And, yeah. um, you know, for a lot of people, particularly uh, people thinking about equality in schools and protecting children, LGBTI ch- yeah. children from discrimination, that was a huge win to see some of your colleagues um, cross the floor. Of course that is, he is, you know, that some of those people have gone now, they lost their seats to Teals. I mean, what do you think that means for the party? If, you know, some of those people who are more progressive on these issues, you know, they, they're no well, longer there.
0: Well, I mean, the, 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 the Senate was actually where that, that bill died um, because uh, some of us indicated that we would not be prepared to support it and that's why the bill stopped. Uh, so uh that was that was on that bill, but um look, I think look it, you know if they had wanted a an orthodox anti discrimination bill for people of faith, they could have had that,
2: yeah,
0: but they wanted to uh, have all this other stuff i mean they really i mean if they if had wanted the shield, they could have had a shield, but they wanted a sword, and uh there was enough of this in the in the Senate uh, and the House, that weren't prepared to th- give them that.
2: That th- didn't like sorts. Um, Unfortunately, Andrew, we're out of time. Um, I will be in touch with you, officer. We'd love to have another chat with you again. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's great to have this chat, and uh, so I appreciate. Well, we'll, I'm sorry, we are out of time. We we've got to go to the news.
0: No worries. Well, nice nice to speak to you.
2: And, and thanks so much for your time, Andrew. We really appreciate. It. That Thank you, Senator Andrew Andrew Bragg, Liberal Senator from New South Wales.